Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I want to welcome you, especially those of you who this is your first time. Maybe you came with family. Thanks for being here this weekend. Uh, we have a really special thing. This is a special time of year for a lot of reasons to me. One of the reasons is I go all the way back to when I first got hired at Gateway in Dallas. Uh, Pastor Robert would give me the Christmas message uh, a couple years in a row. And he gave me the first opportunity I ever had to preach a sermon to adults. And that was almost 22 years ago now. And to this day, one of my favorite things is people that were there all the way back then will come up to me somewhere in Dallas and say, I was there when you preached your first sermon. And today, this is really a special week. And it's not just a family service where our children are with us, which is very special. Uh, it's also, you see a young man, Caden, who led song one, who leads for our students. That was the first time he's ever led a song with adults. He did an absolutely incredible job. Caden's one of the most amazing humans in our church. And it's no surprise that it went the way that it did. And I just kind of want to calibrate us all. This is what we do. This is what we do. I know sometimes we come to church and it's like, I want to hear this person speak or this person. And here's the goal. Whomever God wants. And sometimes what God wants is he wants somebody to preach their very first message just like I did 22 years ago. And remember, the first belongs to the Lord. It's very special to him. All right? And this weekend we have one of those special moments. One of the incredible young men on our staff, Mason Bates, is going to be preaching this weekend. And here's, here's what I want to say to you. One of my favorite moments at the Jordan River, God says to Joshua, hey, I want one representative from each of the tribes to grab a memorial stone. And you're going to set it up on the other side. And many, many years from now, your children are going to ask you, why are these stones here? And you're going to tell them the story of the miraculous thing I did in this river. We have a responsibility, those of us who are older and further along in life, we have a responsibility to not just tell the stories of God's faithfulness, to live out lives which resemble what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If we don't raise up the next generation, then it all just dies with us. So I just want to remind you, this is what we do. This is who we are. So as, as you hear Mason preach his very first message, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean in. I want you to lean in. My message was the worst message in all of evangelicalism. It was entitled Stop, Drop, and Roll. Terrible. It was, Mason's going to crush. I've already heard his message. It's like 100 times better than mine. Okay, but here's what I want. God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you. This is who God wanted to speak. And so I want you to press in. I want you to receive everything that God has for you today. And I want you to give the warmest welcome to one of our favorite people here on this staff. Would you welcome Mason Bates? Hey, hey everybody. Good morning. I am glad you are here. All right, well, if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Luke 8, 22. Um, turn to Luke 8, 22. Now, if, um, before we get started, I kind of want to take a second and just uh, say a special welcome. If you were a part of our Tempe campus and you are now joining us here, I want to say welcome. It is good to see you. We are glad you are here. All right. 
Now, if you got to Luke 8:22, you might have realized we are reading the story of how Jesus calms the storm. Now, for a lot of us, if you've grown up in church or you've been around church for a little bit, chances are you've heard the story already. And I think it is pretty normal when we know what's already going to happen, it's easy to kind of tune out. But what I propose to us today is that many of us have maybe been reading the story wrong. Maybe we've had a misunderstanding of what exactly Jesus was trying to speak to us through it. And I think because of it, it has actually hindered the way we use faith towards God or see faith towards God. And so to give some context before we kind of dive into it, this is one of my favorite parts. I mean, Jesus was teaching this day. He was on a boat. It was by a lake shore, and these crowds started to gather around him. And I just think that had to be such a cool experience to see Jesus on a boat, preaching, teaching. He was sharing stories and parables. But at the end of the day, this is where our story picks up. So we read right here in Luke 8:22. It says this. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke up shouting, Master, Master, we are going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly the storm was all calm. Then he asked, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. So if you're taking notes today and you want a title for this message, you can write down, you had to be there. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much that we get to be in this room today. We get to learn more about you. Would you just speak to us today? We love you, and we can't do it without you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, I want to know, has anyone ever had a moment where you ended up in a place that you don't really know how you got there? Like maybe, maybe you're driving down the freeway, and all of a sudden you kind of snap out of it, and you realize that you missed your exit like 20 minutes ago. And this is this weird state. You're like, how did I get here? I remember being seven years old and I was at a church camp and I love camp. I mean, it was one of my favorite things growing up. I mean, zip lining, archery, horseback riding, you name it. I was all about it. So it was towards the end of the week and what kind of was happening is that at the end of every night, there would be a service, someone would speak, there would be worship. And then what kind of felt like uh, multiple hours was probably realistically one hour, but for a seven-year-old, it felt like forever. And I remember it was just towards the end of this camp and feeling really tired. We started worshiping and I was doing my thing. And I remember seeing a leader sitting down praying. And I was like, this sounds like an incredible idea. I mean, look at this. They're sitting and praying. My legs don't have to hurt. Okay. So I remember sitting crisscross applesauce, you know, head in my lap, beginning to pray. So what was happening, I, I, I was praying, and all of a sudden, leaders started coming over and praying for me. Hands, I mean, it, it had to be quite a bit of time. Multiple leaders came, and they're like, wow, Mason, the seven-year-old, is touching the tips of heaven here. I mean, he is calling down fire from heaven. But soon, when the song ended, they heard a small little snore come out of me. 
I ended up falling asleep for I don't know how long, but I, what I remember is I woke up and feeling so confused of how did I get here? I was in the front of the room and now I'm here. When we look at the story with Jesus and the disciples, we hear that the disciples were in real danger. Now take a second and think about that. Some of the disciples, they were fishermen as an occupation. Like they, this was their job. They grew up on boats. They grew up around water. I'm sure they've seen their fair share of storms, but today was different. I wonder, and that, that means, you know, when you see a fisherman who's like, hey, this is not a good sign, where you're like, oh, you know, your hope kind of dissolves and you're like, we're in trouble. It's kind of like seeing a flight attendant, you know, when you're in turbulence and you're like, all right, we're doing good. And you look over down the aisle and you see your flight attendant like gripping their chair and you're like, oh, we're, we're in trouble here. I wonder when the disciples were there in that moment, when the storm was happening all around them, water was filling their boat. If they had a thought, how did we get here? God said we were going to go across the other side of the lake. He, he said we were going there, but we're here, and here is chaos. I wonder if there's anyone in this room that can feel similar, that you want to be there, but you're here. Like we just finished our resilient series last week. And I don't know about you, but for me, there was many times when I took my assessment for one of our pillars and I thought I was there and I got my results back and I realized I was actually here. See, I think a lot of times we want to be there, there being your calling, your dreams, your goals, everything you want to do, what God is calling you towards but we're not there and we're here and here. It feels like there's storms. There's so many things that are going on. See, I think what's gonna happen in this upcoming year is that we're gonna take a shift from people who believe in Jesus. And that's a great thing to believe in. But becoming just a believer to becoming a follower. As we say in Texas where I grew up, it's not just talking the talk, it's walking the walk. You see, I, I think we're going to transfer from here to there, but you might be saying, okay, so if we're going to walk this out, how do we do that? And the one word I would use is called faith. See, Jesus gave us this beautiful word called faith to get us from where we are, where we feel like this isn't what God has called us to, to where we're going. So today I want to talk to you about three ways for us to grow our faith. So number one, where is your faith. After Jesus calmed the storm, the first question he asked them, he said, where is your faith? I think many times we think this is a question of like, how much faith do you have? But the truth is, I don't think Jesus was asking a measurement question. I think he was asking a placement question. Jesus was saying, where are you putting your faith right now? Because the truth is, the disciples had faith. See, if we're not careful, we all have faith, and our faith is actually always growing. But if you don't know where you're putting your faith, it's going to grow in something other than Jesus. So when we ask, where is your faith? Where are you putting it? See, the truth is, we all have faith. Many of us arrived here today, I would imagine, in a car. 
Um, you probably got in your car, you started it, and you came right in. You probably didn't even question if your car was going to start. And I did say many. There are a few of us. I understand where to get down on your hands and knees and say, God, please, just one more time, would you start this car, you know, and start giving that pep talk of like, no, you got it, baby, just one more. Or you're sitting down in your chair. I'm sure none of you, when you sat down, started looking under your chair, you know, feeling it out a little bit, making sure it was going to hold you. You just sat down in it. Why? Because you had faith it was going to hold you. We all have faith. But where are we putting our faith? It wasn't a measurement problem Jesus was dealing with. It was a placement problem. And the truth is, a lot of us, where we're putting our faith is usually what has our attention. And a great way to keep our attention on God is a great practice called remembering. See, I love in Psalms 143, verse 5, it says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder on the work of your hands. When was the last time you pondered on everything God has done? When you start to do this, it builds a bank, a wall in your heart that when something comes up, it brings your attention back to God's goodness, back to where it is. Because the truth is, your feet follows your faith, and your faith follows your attention. So you're here, but you want to be there. I think the first question to ask is, where are you putting your faith? Where's your attention right now? Because the truth is, the disciples had the God of gods in a boat with them, but their faith, their attention shifted from who was with them to what was going on around them. So where? is your faith. Number two, second way to grow our faith is to be still. Verse 24 says, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. I think a lot of times when Jesus was still in the boat, I think for our lives, when we see all this chaos, all this busyness. We don't know what to do. We don't know how it started. We don't know how to end it. It can feel like God isn't with us. It feels like God isn't there. It feels like God, in the midst of this, what, what do I have to do? Why aren't you doing anything? And what I'd ask is maybe God isn't doing what you expected, but maybe God is doing what it says in the story. He's still. But the truth is, is when God's still, we usually do one of two things. The first thing we do is that we go back to where we started. We're afraid of where we're going and we don't feel like God is with us, so we just go back to the very place we started. Or the second thing we do is that we work as hard as we can and paddle as hard as we can out of the storm to where God is calling us to go. Now, right, let me address the second one. See, I think there's a lot of us in here who are exhausted, who are tired. You know so clearly what God has called you to do, but you are giving it all your strength to get you there. As hard as you can, you're paddling to make sure you end up where God's calling you. But if you follow that road, it only leads to burnout because every time you feel like you're out of the storm, out of this chaos, it feels like you get sucked back in. See, the devil, he knows you're strong and he uses it against you. If he knows that you will only stay in your own strength and never rely on him, 
he'll just trick you and say, hey, you're strong enough to handle that. What I say is be still, let God work. I'm not saying do nothing. We all have a part in it. But maybe instead of trying as hard as you can to get out of it, just take a second and see where God is. And this leads into the second part. Maybe you're someone who went back to where they started. Now I get it. There's a lot of us who go through something that's so hard, so painful. You feel like you can't go for any further, so you just go back to where you started. It's scary. You feel like you barely made it out alive. But what I would ask is, one of the best part about storms is that you get to see who is in the boat with you. You see, I think in the midst of all the chaos in that story where the disciples are on this boat, wind is raging, the waves are going up and down. I'm sure the boat was, you know, maybe twirling. But out of everything that was moving, out of all the chaos, there was one thing that was still, and it was Jesus. See, my family, uh, we would sometimes go to Disney World as a kid, and our one rule was that, hey, if you get lost, stay still, because we'll come back, because we know that you're just going to, eventually we'll search enough places, and you'll just stay there. I, you, we, we will come and find you. See, I love this idea that Jesus was still so the disciples could find him in the midst of the storm. See, Psalm says this right here. In uh, 107, it says, The wind rose up, the waves, and the ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again into the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and uh, staggered like drunkards, and they were at their wits' end. Lord, help, they cried. And in their trouble, he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing! that stillness is. I think a lot of the time we think that sometimes God is running from us. That everything's shifting and God's shifting with them. But I think sometimes when it feels like God isn't doing anything, that we, God, I need you, please be here. I think sometimes he's still so you can see and you can come to him even clearer than ever before. I love in Joshua 1.9, it says, I, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, God is with you. Have faith that no matter what happens, he is with you. He, just because you don't feel like he's doing what you wanted him to do or what you expected him to do, that the truth is his promise is that he is with you. So our first one is know where we are putting our faith. The second one is to be still. And the third one is to listen. I love at the very beginning of the story, so many people don't catch it, but Jesus says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. This wasn't a suggestion. 
This wasn't just that, hey, maybe we could just do this. Jesus said in the very beginning to all the disciples, we are going to cross to the other side of the lake. I think in the busyness of life, we can forget what God is speaking to us, what he has spoken to us. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing that the good news about Christ and the good news is Christ. I, I, I love this verse because our good news is that God is with us and that he's spoken so many promises over us. He has said things like he will not forsake you, that he is with you, that you are the head and not the tail, that he is your friend, that he goes before you, that his grace and mercy follows you, and that the all-powerful God lives within you and is with you. Now that is some good news. And you see, when we start to understand this filter of what God has spoken to us, it dissolves into our DNA. It builds a filter through our eyes. And then when we see life, see the storms that are happening, we remember that Jesus spoke from the very beginning that we were going to cross to the other side. I think a lot of times when we feel like we're in the middle and we don't know how we got here, we try as hard as we can to get there. We don't know how, but what we can trust in, have faith in, is that God has already spoken to you, that God says he is with you, and that God says that you are going to make it to the other side. I think there's a lot of us, when we start seeing this world of faith through this filter of faith, I think one of the best questions we can ask is, does your faith conform to your reality and God get smaller? Or does your reality conform to your faith and God gets bigger? So whatever is going on today, wherever you're at, whatever you're needing God to come through, how are you looking at your life? Where are you placing your faith? Where are you at? Be still. Find God. He's with you. Then listen to what he's saying. See, I titled this message, You Had to Be There, because there's two different sides to this. The first one is that Jesus, he had to be there in the boat with the disciples that day. There was no way they could get out without him. But the truth is the disciples had to be in the boat with Jesus to make it to the other side of the lake. You had to be there. Jesus, you had to be there, but I have to be with you in order to move to where you are calling me to be. Today, in this time where we want to move from being a believer, we know who God is. We know his goodness to walking it out. It is through faith to be able to access everything God is calling you to do. You have to be in that boat with him. See, I believe we're in a time where there's so much information. It's at our fingertips. We can know anything we could want to know, but it becomes confusing. People don't know where to go and people are so confused right now more than ever. People need us. See, the truth is, once you make it out of a storm, 
you have this ability that a lot of people need, you're able to navigate it. And it's not because you did it, but it's because God did it in you. And people need that God who is in you to help them navigate their own storm. This is part of walking it out, is that there's a broken world right now, feeling the toss and the turns of the world where their whole world is in chaos. So you have what they need. So today, as we're kind of closing this out, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? One of my favorite things about this house is that at the end of a lot of our sermons here, we just want everybody to ask one simple question, and it's, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Take a second and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe he wants to talk about where you've been putting your faith. Maybe he wants to talk to you today about just being still, that he hasn't abandoned you, that he's actually being still so that you can be close to him, so you have a clear target. Or maybe he wants to remind you what he's already spoken. Just take a second and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Jesus, thank you so much that you're in this room, that you speak, that you're with us, that you're real. Lord God, wherever we find ourselves, whether we feel like we're on the other side, whether we feel like we haven't even started to get in the boat with you, or if we feel like we're in the biggest storm we've ever been in in our life, Lord, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that we can put our faith in you. Thank you that in the stillness, we get to run to you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.